This concludes our program schedule for the day. Portions of the preceding broadcast day were pre-recorded. For the best in television entertainment, stay with WNBC-TV Channel 4 in New York. We'll return to the air tomorrow with more of your favorite programs. This is Arthur Gary wishing you a good night on behalf of Channel 4, part of your life. And now, our national anthem. Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Billy Joel A to Z people, we're back. That's from Poltergeist 2. I don't know that one. Yeah, you wouldn't, but it does come into play at some point today. Yes. And today is a great day as we talk about the amazing, underrated song beloved by all true Billy fans. C'était toi. No, not c'était What is the matter with you? No. In fact, I was going to make a joke being all true Billy fans, which doesn't include me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure which way to go, but the Sete Toa one is much funnier. Uh, anyway, we are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting for this song, Sleeping with the Television On. You know, it's funny, Alana, I'm just th- thinking off the top of my head, wh- who's that girl that we had on with her mother? Well, not Ashley. What was her name? Avery. Avery. And we asked her what her favorite song was, and she said Sleeping with the Television On. And after that day, I'm like, you know what? It might be mine. Whoa. I don't know. You know, I never thought about it. Anyway, the fact of the matter is that Sleeping With The Television On is the seventh track off of Billy's seventh and Grammy-nominated album, Glass Houses, which, were, which was released on March 12, 1980. Since the entire first side of Glass Houses w- were released as singles, it's not unthinkable that this brilliant, true, hidden, gem, fun song was never released. But it sure does stink. Because it's so awesome. But I've already put this on the hidden gems list on my uh, the Dave Jusco hidden gems list. I, I couldn't wait any longer. I put it on like the before we started recording. Also, this brilliant little ditty that comes in at a perfect three minutes and two seconds, which, as we all know, is three seconds off from a hit single in Billy's world, <laughs> implausibly appears on no other albums, not even the dumb My Lives compilation album. What the hell? That's crazy. And there's an alternate version that would have been perfect for that album. Yes. Especially since one music critic called it polished to pop perfection. In addition, as if it couldn't get any The Stranger. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. 
If you purchased the 12 Gardens Live CD from Sony Music Direct as an incentive to buy the CD, they let you direct download a live version of Sleeping with the Television on. But it does not appear on 12 Gardens Live. Again, I say WTF. All right. So you and I, I'm pretty sure we have not talked about this. I'm assuming you feel the way I do about it. I mean, this is a phenomenal song. Everybody loves this song. I don't think there's any secrets. However, we do have a bit of a discrepancy here with our guys and the rankings. As we've seen, Christopher Bonanos has wavered in and out of what we've been thinking lately. So, Alon, where do you guess he's going to put Sleeping with the Television on out of 121 Billy Joel songs? I imagine that it's fairly high. I'm going to say 31. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right away because you hit it on the nose. That's Glenn Gamboa's. Oh, I was doing Glenn again. <laughs> you, I mean, he put it at 31, but you're crazy. When you said high, you just didn't go high enough. Christopher Bananos puts this at four. Wow. Bombshell. Which, which means we know all of his top seven so far. He says, which is exactly what I just said, the best Billy Joel song that was never a hit. He still plays it in concert now and then. It has been known to introduce it as kind of an obscure song. It shouldn't be. Clean power, vivid image, supple singing, tight rhythm, well-made, and bulletproof. The TV, and of course you're waiting for this, the TV yeah. sign-off sound effect at the beginning is the only bit of corn here. Lop that off, and it's perfect. And I am in complete agreement with that. When the song first came out, I kind of liked the TV thing. But now, since no one knows what that is and that doesn't exist anymore, it's just annoying. And if they didn't have that, very much like the French and Sete Toile, this would be a perfect song. Uh, just really quickly before you talk, the fans rank it at 37. What were you going to okay. say? I'm sorry. I was going to say I understand what Bananos is saying because the reason he doesn't like sound effects in other songs is because they're in the middle of the song and he can't just ignore it. This song, it's right at the beginning. He can easily just start the song seven seconds in. And then it's like a pure song for him. Yeah. And it is a pure song. It's such a wonderful song. And it is unbelievably just, it is obscure. You, you, your normal Billy Joel fan wouldn't mention it. That's why when Avery, this 19-year-old girl we had on our one of our wrap-up shows mentioned it, I'm like, you know what? I may go with that. I think I'm on board with Sleeping With The Television on as possibly a number one song. I can't go that high with it. I think it's great. I, I just can't. I don't know. I can't put this ahead of moving out or scenes from an Italian restaurant. Yeah. See, but are you thinking again, like we talk about ones that are to your liking as a person when you play it? Or are you talking about how important they are to the Billy Joel canon? I think I mean in both ways. I think that there are certain times, sure, but I'll rather hear this versus New York State of Mind that there, there will be times like that. But objectively, over the course of my life, I'm sure that I appreciate New York State of Mind more than this song. Songs like that, his really consequential songs, Miami 2017. This song is just a great piece of pop music, and it's really high up there on the list. It also, it's kind of dated to me. I feel like this is a song from 1980. It's, it's new wave. And so as great as it is, it's not as timeless as those other songs also. Oh, that's true. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. It might not be timeless, but you know me, I like the pop songs. And so that's why this one works for me. I think it's really cool. God, uh, totally noticed, and I'd never noticed it before, the Elvis Costello 
influence in that instrumental organ solo. That is so Elvis Costello. I uh, never noticed it before until I was playing it and then realizing, oh, the combination of this song and right before it, I don't want to be alone. It's like it's like there's both back to back Elvis Costello, Joe Jackson influenced kind of songs. I remember when we were talking about I don't want to be alone. We were saying how just how much I think it sounded like is she really going out with him by Joe Jackson in a oh, lot of yeah. ways. Her eyes are saying, talk to me. Is she really going out with him? No, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, that's, you're right. There's a, I don't want to be alone. And this song is the true companion piece to it. I notice also, so, all right. So this song is where he's basically saying, hey, if you don't have sex with me, you're going to end up alone. <laughs> you know, look at you, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to fall asleep on the couch. You're going to hear that test pattern noise. You're going to have a right. lousy night just like me. Right. And then in concert, a lot of times I notice he'll play only the good die young after it, because that's a little bit of the same message in a way. Yeah, right. That's right. That song does have the same message. She has other songs that have the message too. Um, get it right the first time, which is about a guy finding the courage to make the move to talk to the girl. Yeah. And then leave a tender moment alone is kind of similar also where the guy's saying like he's really worried about saying something stupid to ruin a moment with a girl. So it's all about this nervousness about talking to women. These all these songs. Well, why do you think, you know, he works for me? I mean, he's based, and I've done all this stuff. It's like, you know, he it's a song about putting a girl down because he's so insecure. He knows she's going to reject him. But then it's also a song like, look, if you're if you're being so choosy with your companions, you're going to end up alone. So I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, come on. Hey, it's like, <laughs> it's like that's the line he's choosing. He doesn't want to give her the same old tired line. So his angle is, hey, look, uh, you're going to be some loser watching TV alone. So uh, might as well be with me. Exactly. And yeah, that's the funny thing. So I guess I, you know, we tell our younger viewers. Uh, in fact, I think that's the line. Um, Tomorrow morning, you'll wake up with the white noise that is saying you'll wake up with the TV uh, that the TV sign off and there's nothing on now. So as maybe somebody like Catalina or maybe even yourself, I mean, I know, you know, but maybe you don't know is that, you know, this TV wasn't 24 hours. And let me tell you that I fucking hate that I grew up then I'd give anything to be a millennial where there was 24 hour television all the time. When cable television came to our house and that was 24 hours, it was like so great. But there were only three movies on, mm -hmm. you know, in Cinemax, they played the same movies over and over again. And so the TV would sign off. It was awful, like around two or three in the morning, even earlier before I was born, they would sign off. They'd play the national anthem and then they would just sign off to white noise like you see in the movie Poltergeist, which is why you couldn't do the movie poltergeist today because no one would know what you were talking about but in 1981 or two whenever that came out we all understood because even in 1982 television wasn't 24 hours tbs was teetering with going 24 hours and they kind of started that you know uh, a 24-hour station but man it sucked for dave Juskow, who was always up late and just tv going off was like the worst thing that could ever happen so what would you do, though? The TV's off. Did you just go to sleep or you still stayed up but had nothing to do? I would still stay. I would actually read. <laughs> Nerd. Um, <laughs> I know. Nerd alert. But and then I remember that's why it was so great when David Letterman came on late night after 1230. And then there was some, you know, a comedy thing to watch. 
And then what NBC locally here would do is after Letterman, this is in around 82, 83, they started putting on old Mary Tyler Moore and Bob Newhart episodes until about four in the morning. So at least they start, but they'd still sign off for like an hour or two. It's like really annoying. Yeah. Well, there's still stations now that basically do that. They might show infomercials for like three hours in the middle of the night. Oh, that's true, I guess. But that, I'd like that better than that static. That was awful. Mm-hmm. I'd always wake up to that, just like in this song. That's why it's so interesting. Yeah, but you're right. Our younger listeners don't understand what this is. They also, for our younger listeners, we should also explain that Diane was what some women used to be called. That was a name back then. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, that's true. I are there any Dianes th- under the age of 25? I don't know. I know a lot of Dianas, but I don't know any Dianes. Diane Keaton. She's good. Yeah, but that was years ago. I don't know. Yeah, any new she's Diane. the last one. I uh, There was a girl I went to uh, school with called Diane Smoyak. She lived up the street. I have a dream about her house all the time. I don't know why. I was never inside. If you're listening and you know Diane Smoyak, please write in to Z <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> I would like to hear from you. She was always all right. How do you spell her last name? That's a weird name. I think it's S-M-O-Y-A-K. Wow. She was the, probably the only Smoyak in the world. No, that's the weird part. When I went to high school, there was a Karen Smoyak, and she was so hot. I think she died <laughs> like early, like after high school. Like oh, something boy. happened. You know, there's always a couple. It's the curse of the Smoyaks. Exactly. So let well let's go over the lyrics for a second because uh, they're so interesting and good I think so at the beginning I, I feel like he's you know kind of telling he's he's talking to her this is what, you know this is what this guy does so at the beginning I've been watching you waltz all night Diane which is a great line nobody's found a way behind your defenses they never noticed the zap gun in your hand I love that line until you're pointing it and stunning their senses. So I guess the zap gun is like her just shooting down people's approaches to her. I was thinking also it could be like a remote control. Ooh, that's good. That's good. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's good too. But I like that it's a zap gun and not just a gun. Like I I like that it's more of a toy gun because this song shouldn't be about guns or anything, you know? So I, I, I love that zap gun. Uh, You shoot him down because you're waiting for somebody good to come on, but you'll be sleeping with the television. I like those guitars because it reminds me of that song Numbers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I like the guitar, the guitar in the beginning and then what he does in between the verses that was just like one note. The guy's playing like nine times in a row. There's nothing to it. It's just like "Eh, eh, 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 because Alon, that's rock and roll. Rock and roll is repetitive. Rock and roll is repetitive. (laughs) <laughs> what <laughs> rock and roll is repetitive what did you just say <laughs> rock no, and I'm roll telling is you, re- rock and roll is repetitive <laughs> <laughs> you say you're looking for someone solid here you can't be bothered with those quote just for the night boys <laughs> I like that he put it in quoted as an original uh paper tonight unless you take some kind of chances dear tomorrow morning you'll wake up with the white noise you're only standing there because someone, somebody once did somebody wrong. Oh, I love because there's somebody once did somebody wrong. It's such a long thing and it works so well. You'll be sleeping with the television on. And then, oh, how great is that? Your eyes are saying, talk to me. Oh, and this way, but your attitude is, don't waste my time. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just so, 
it works. It sounds you if you were reading the lyrics, you couldn't see how this would go in a song. <laughs> yeah, right. You can never figure out how this song would go. These he has to, these really long lines, but they yeah. work. Oh, but they work. You're uh, but you won't hear a word because it just might be the same old line. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go quicker to fill it in. It's going to go slower and there's extra. Yeah. So it's like he just wrote the words and was like, I'll make it fit. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it, Liberty. <laughs> you can't fit all that into a song. I'll make it fit. How are you going to make it fit? Can you picture this guy yelling at him? I'm telling yeah. you. Anyway, here's the interesting part of the song. So the first part of the song, he's talking to this girl and trying to well, get laid. <laughs> there's just no better thing for what it is, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's talking her up. He's trying to make this happen. Just like I don't want to be alone. It's very, very similar. But the second part of the song is where he's then it takes another tone where he's being more reflective about himself. Then he's talking about himself. And that's what makes the song for me so diverse in a way and interesting more than a regular pop song. It's got these two things. A normal pop song for most people is just I'm I just want to get with you. And then he, then he sits here and he starts getting all reflective. This isn't easy for me to say, Diane. I, I, and I love that he uses Diane again, the name again, because he could yeah. say this isn't easy for me to say, baby. You don't have to put the name in again. I know you don't need anybody's protection. I really wish I was less of a thinking man and more a fool's not afraid of rejection. Uh, so good. Great line. I'll just be standing here because I know I don't have the guts to come on. <laughs> I can't stop it when I'm doing it. <laughs> so then it, it's great that he's also reflecting, which makes him a great guy. I mean, I don't think he's doing it to make himself look like a great guy, but this is why women like Billy Joel. Yeah, he's a man. He's trying to get with this girl, but then he's also, but look at, I'm reflecting on this. I'm having trouble talking to you. I'm just trying to, I don't know what to do here. I'm very insecure. And this is what, this is not rock and roll. <laughs> and therein lies the difference of what we like about Billy Joel. Right. He's very vulnerable here. And uh, like you said, he's showing it from all perspectives. In the first chorus, it's you'll be sleeping with the television on. Then it's I'll be sleeping with the television on. And then it closes out with we'll be sleeping with the television on. Yeah. Yeah. And this is not like, you know, war- like she's my cherry pie cool drink of water (laughs) you know like this is not a motley crew girls 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 you know this is a guy who's like come on baby this is gonna be okay and then he's like well you know i don't usually talk like that though (laughs) i'm just trying to do what you think is a good idea for me to do i'm a regular guy yeah it's like nerd rock it's like what weezer was 15 years later yes excellent example what weezer was Yep, exactly. And again, this is why it certainly spoke to me and a lot of my comedy and a lot of our comedy friends. It's nerd rock. It's rock and roll, but it takes a different approach where, well, can you also be sensitive when you're rocking and rolling? Yes. And that's not a bad thing. You still want to, you know, have sex. (laughs) You just want to be polite about it. Yeah. He's asking for consent here the whole way through. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yes. He's such a gentleman. He won't even talk to the girl. <laughs> do you know that when they play it live, when they do play it live? And oh, actually, I'd love to know the live stats on this. But I noticed that when they do play it live, they still play the national anthem. Well, he's a very patriotic guy. You know <laughs> well, they only play the ending. But I don't know why that's necessary to start with. I guess he just feels like, you know, hey, I like I like when that comes in and I like 
and it just comes in. Boom. I think it's I think it's fun for the listeners. So people in the audience who are big fans of his that know this song, when they hear that, they know what's coming and most of the other people don't. So it's like a little Easter egg. Well, I saw one and maybe that's the uh, one. Maybe that was the one you were talking about. I don't know. There's a live one where he actually just plays it on the piano instead of actually having the audio from the probably the record yeah. uh, play. And it's much more entertaining. Him playing that on the piano is fun. Yeah, there's a lot of good live versions of this song, actually. Um, so what, what are the live stats on it, though? So he's played it 39 times. It's the 61st most played song. That's not good. That, that means he rarely plays 61st. That's awful. It's not great. But again, it's an album track. And you know how much he just focuses on the hits. He played this in the Glass Houses tour and then never again until 2006. Wow. Well, what a waste. What a waste. But he just played it in March at MSG. So he just played it two months ago from when we're recording this. And when he finished the song, he started smiling and said, I like that one. Oh, well, that's good news. So we have a chance. I think he might be bringing this back into the rotation. Well, you know where he should put it is when he asks, do you want to hear this or this? Yeah, it's a good it's a good two for a kind of song. He could say, do you want to hear I don't want to be alone or sleeping with the television on? Oh, that's a tough one, though. Yeah, well, he, we know he never plays I Don't Want to Be Alone, so at least he's given us some of this one. I'd rather it be, do you want to hear December Song or Sleeping <laughs> with the Television? Now it's a tough one. That's hard. Uh, that would be hard for us. We'd be Just the only us. two people. December Song, people would be like, shut up. <laughs> Dying to hear sleep. Wait, I heard December Song from somewhere out there. <laughs> <laughs> the two Jews in the front. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> Now, uh, the I guys listened... from Billy Joel A to Z, <gasps> he recognized us. He knows our names. We're the guys. <laughs> I found on YouTube a live version. It's audio only from the first time he played this live, which was in 1980 at MSG early in the tour. And the crowd actually goes crazy for it. They're loving it because this is a couple months after the album came out. So I'm surprised that he didn't keep it in the rotation because he was getting this great re reaction, which is usually what he goes by when he, when he hears a crowd really liking a song. That's usually his indicator of whether he should keep it around or not. And then he just got rid of it for 25 straight years. Okay. So on our last, I don't know which episode it was. It was um, another one. Oh, so it must've been, she's got away. And that's our last episode, right? I think so. So we were hitting upon the fact of songs in the attic and how we were fascinated that he chose to do a live album with no hits you know, to, to do the opposite of what every other band in our lifetime has done once they, you know, get to the point like a glass houses that's kicking at where he gets his first number one song. And then they're like, now we need a live album from you, the record company saying it. So the original plan, that version that, you know, was supposed to be on what I guess they would have named it something else songs in the attic. So, so, so the, the songs in the attic was supposed to be a live album of the hits. It was supposed to be. 
sleeping with the television on. It was supposed to be, you may be right. The, the, it was supposed to be stuff from the stranger, you know? And then I guess at some point he said, wait, let's not do that. And let's rethink. So that's the, what the version you heard at MSG was supposed to be on. Th- there's a, there's like a bootleg of the, like that. It's supposed to be on songs in the attic. Yeah, well, th- that was a different one. So from the same tour, but there was a different live version that was taped for Songs in the Attic, different than the one that I'm talking about. But oh, in see. both but in both cases, the crowd is going crazy about yeah. this song. Well, it's such a great song. But yeah, isn't that interesting? Again, I know we were talking about it last week, but I'm still fascinated that, and I'd love to know more about that because seriously, there's not one band ever that's ever done anything like Songs in the Attic. And I think we always forget where everybody once they got to that plateau next was a live album your biggest selling album you do a live album next which has everything from the previous album and it's rather pathetic but it's just a way to make an album before your next one you know just to make more money and you know have a little time in between and he went a complete opposite direction and it's fascinating right you're right no one does that uh the only exception i could think of is like to some extent, Live at Leeds by The Who, which had a lot of obscure stuff on it, but it still had a few of the hits. It wasn't like but I don't. But Billy is Live Joel. at Leeds a bootleg album or is it an official Who album? It was an official release by them. Oh. And it had basic, it had minor hits, but then at the end it had My Generation and Magic Bus. So it had two of the very big hits. Right, exactly. So what I'm saying, and, and this had none of them. I mean, I don't think any of the songs were hits. None of them. Nothing, nothing. So the you know, I'm thinking of like Kiss Alive, you know, which was an amazing live album by Kiss, by the group Kiss after they, you know, did well, then that out their live album was just kick ass. But it's still it's all it's all the hits. It's no new songs. I mean, yeah. it's it, it, it's really uh, I, I know we already talked about it last week. I, I'm just it, it was a new thing I never thought of before, and I'm still fascinated by it. And uh, I'm glad he went this way. And then on the flip side, I would have liked uh, a live version of this song on that album. Yeah, just in case, maybe he would have decided to make it a single then from the live version. That would have been good, yeah. you know, because right now it's it's living in obscurity, which is fun for us, the diehard fan. So Excellent sure... point. Just like she's got away. Like he's like, let's now I can finally release this song. Right. That would have been perfect. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because from Songs in the Attic, is that they only released She's Got Away and that's it, right? Uh, I think maybe Say Goodbye to Hollywood was also released. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe they released two. But it's funny because, you know, with if the Glass yeah, Houses, they released three, got, three got released. OK, so in Glass Houses, they released five songs off the album. Like, why not just keep releasing songs off the live one if it's doing well? Yeah, he, just, he was too prolific right around this time. So there's like Glass Houses in 80 songs in the attic, 81 leading right into Nylon Curtain, 82. So they were running out of time to even put out more singles. Well, that's normal, though, for a musician. Most bands put out an album a year. That's why it's so strange after Nylon Curtain that there was a a break. Oh, no, 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 no. After, no, no, after, after uh, Innocent, Innocent Man. Man. Right. Yeah, that there's a three-year break, which is weird, especially from a guy that's going to retire soon after that. It's kind of weird that there was a break. Yeah, like what could have been distracting him? Like, was he dating supermodels? That seems unlikely. It is a big distraction, Alon. I don't mind telling <laughs> you I've done it before. It's a major distraction. 
<laughs> I just wanted to see how that sounded when I came out of my mouth. Again, saying <laughs> came out of my mouth seems all right. You know, our, our fact checking team is going to check on that statement for you, Dave. Oh uh, no, it's a, it's a, you know, it happened. It just, you know, it was like you wouldn't be able to find anything there. Were, when I was dating these supermodels, there, there was no internet back then, so there's probably no information. <laughs> all right, our fact checkers will come back. They call it inconclusive, so uh, not bad. Uh, well, yes, because it happened. <laughs> 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 Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? I have one. May not be the greatest one, but it's one nevertheless. Up until the late 90s, as we know from this song, television used to sign off for a few hours before coming back on around 6 a.m. Many times, an announcer would read the news before the sign-off or at sign-on with just the network logo in the background. It was awful time to be alive. Trust me. (laughs) On occasion... When someone got sick, WNBC, the local NBC affiliate here. WNBC. <laughs> now you're saying it wrong. It's more like WNBC. WNBC. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the local, uh, we're doing uh, private part stuff, but the local NBC affiliate, WNBC, <laughs> is on television, would ask an announcer from a popular late night show, You Worship, to stay late. To sign the station off, what was the show he worked on? Well, I guess this is in the late 90s. You're saying in the 80s when this was happening. Uh, it would be in the 80s. OK, so the show is Late Night with David Letterman. That is correct. Do you know the announcer's name? Well, I know the announcer later on, which was Alan Coulter. I don't know who it was back in the 80s. His name was Bill Wendell. Ah. And I, the reason why I know this is because I remember I was either at the show or I just remember watching it where he said during the show, Bill, you had to sign off the station last night, right? And he's like, uh, yes, I did, Dave. And I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, that guy had to like stick around. He either had to sign on or sign off the station because he was an NBC paid announcer and then also did this Letterman gig. And then he was in a bunch of sketches you know, over the years, which I, mm-hmm. I know you're obsessed with that show as well as me. But yeah, he used to have to sign on the station and they would and they'd sit there. You know who also used to do that? Don Pardo from Saturday Night Live. This has been a summary of news, sports and weather from News Center 4. I'm Don Pardo. Enjoy your day. Don Pardo. Yeah. And and you would sit there. It was awful. And they'd read the news to finish the day or to start the day. And it was awful because when you left your television, the last thing I want to hear is the news because it's always awful. Two gunmen uh, today, you know, the, I'm like, I don't want to hear yeah. this. But, you know, you left the television on and they, and they would just have the logo there and read the news on television. No video. Low budget. And then Don Pardo would be one of those people sometimes. And they would just do it every night. I was fascinated by these guys. Absolutely fascinated. There was a guy in CBS that would do that for the late show. And he would just sit there. And this guy from ABC told me years ago about this guy. He knew his name. He knew all about him. I was fascinated by that chick. Because I'm like, well, does he have to stay there all night? And I'm like, yeah. And he would just be like, he'd be like this at three in the morning. The Late Show will continue after these messages. Stay tuned for Enchanted Island, the next feature on The Late Late Show. Our next regularly scheduled program will come to you at 6.05. Good morning. (laughs) And he just had to sit there. I mean, he got paid. But he had to sit there all night and then sign off the station. 
I guess you couldn't just pre-record it because it was like late breaking news. So if something happened, it had to be live. I guess. I don't know. Seems to me you could have recorded it. Late show. We'll continue after these messages. They're back. Anyway, do you have a trivia question for me? Yeah, my trivia question is also about the TV going off the air. Good, because I love talking about it, as you can see. Yes. Okay, so mine has to do with the Indian head test pattern that used to be shown on TV networks. Yes. What weird movie from 1989 used the Indian head TV test pattern in its theatrical posters? See, now at first, because you're too young, I thought you were going SCTV because they used to do that. But no, 89. It's a movie. Yeah, a movie. So it threw me off. 89 movie test patterns. What weird movie. Oh, God, the weird Al Yankovic movie, a UHF. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how do you like that? Uh, Yeah, you gave me the clue and then I figured it out. I thought you might think it was going to be weird science or something else weird. But you said 89. So I knew exactly it wasn't weird science. I know all my years in the 80s. Yeah, you know, you probably don't even know what UHF was, but that was a thing back in the day. There was another tier of channels and... That's where this guy, Uncle Floyd, was. Oh, my God. Uh, this guy, Uncle Floyd, it was a Jersey-based channel 68. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. He doesn't live in New Jersey or New York. But this, this story, I just told this to Attell. Me and David tell we all knew Uncle Floyd growing up. It wasn't great, but he was this really strange. He's still alive. And his brother is in was in um, Conan's band. Uh, <laughs> his name is Jim Vivino. Oh, yeah. Floyd, that's the main guy. Yeah, yeah. And Floyd Vivino was Uncle Floyd, and he had this show on for years on, you know, UHF. And recently, this is so weird. This is so weird. I just found this out. So Attell and I were, we, we weren't obsessed. We just knew about it. We joked about it. Then we actually went to go see Uncle Floyd. We were thinking about doing a documentary on him. We went to see him perform in New Jersey once about 10 years ago. <laughs> so he used to have these characters, a puppet named Oogie. And this little other puppet called Bones Boy. And I swear to God, and I just played this on my podcast recently. David Bowie did a song about those two puppets. David fucking Bowie. Because apparently him and John Lennon used to get high in New York City where this aired as well and watch Uncle Floyd. And he has this song and he goes, with Oogie and Bones, boy, it's so <laughs> weird. And I thought it was a joke when I first heard it, but it's not. How are you? How are you? No, it's not a happy time. Oh. Didn't you hear what happened? What happened? Well, Muggsy went to New York oh. and gave blood. Oh, to the hospital? No, at Yankee Stadium. Well, is, is Muggsy okay now? No, he's KO'd now. <laughs> knocked out? How did he get knocked out? Well, during the third inning, a guy landed on his head. <laughs> well, where did the guy come from? The upper deck. This is uh, another new song. It's about a television hero in America from the 70s that uh, myself and Lennon and Iggy Pop used to watch in the afternoons crazy guy and we were very adult and used to love fooling around watching this guy uncle floyd 
and his song is called Slip Away. Just for another day Drags his bones To see the Yankees play Bones by tops And flickers grey Only slip away It's on a, a later album that's great. What an obscure reference. I know. But it's from a UHF channel. UHF. The only UHF channels I could get were in Philadelphia, out of Philadelphia. I live just enough in Jersey where we could sometimes, if you did the antennas right, get channel 29 and 48 out of Philadelphia. 17, 29, and 48 were our UHF channels in Philadelphia. In New York, they didn't have that kind of stuff. See what I'm missing out on? Yeah, you're not missing out on anything. Trust me. Meanwhile, those stations still exist in Philadelphia, but they're not on UHF. They're just on your regular cable channel. Oh. That's what's so crazy about it. I used to watch the banana splits on channel 48, you know, back in the, yeah, after they uh, went off the air in, in the original form. <laughs> <laughs> there was so little entertainment. You're watching banana splits reruns. Yes. I didn't have a lot going on back then. That's why I couldn't get any of these girls because uh, apparently I was telling them the wrong thing. That's why I needed Billy Joel to to tell me to tell her about it. Tell her what I'm feeling, which, by the way, when we get to that song, I'll tell you that don't work. OK, go on. Yeah, it don't work. <laughs> you go up to a girl and be like, so do you know about Oogie and Bones Boy? <laughs> Wait, you don't know Oogie and Bones Boy? It's a David Bowie's. No, I don't know. How could you not know? How could you not know who Bozo the Clown is? I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> How can you call yourself a clown and not know who Bozo is? Oh, my God. That's totally me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I was writing a book on how not to get laid. So that's why uh, I was doing some research. Right. But this is the exact opposite of what I'm normally like. But I tell you, if you want to get David to laugh. That's all I have to do. I'm like, and Oogie and Bones, boy, it just makes him <laughs> tackle. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like the greatest stand up comedian. And you think, oh, to make this guy laugh. It's got to be the most brilliantly crafted joke. And you're, all you have to do is go to say and say, Oogie and Bones Boy. <laughs> you just have to say Oogie and it works. I've been doing <laughs> it for years. That's how we bonded. We all grew up with that stuff and we figure we're the only two left that know about it. So it's like a private joke. All right, Alon, this is a big one. I think I get the feeling, and we already talked about Weird Al, so let's mention Weird Alon. I get the yeah. feeling this is going to be an easy parody for you. I think these words and the format is totally worthy of a parody. I, I like to think that. Um, it is a little difficult, and I, one thing I'll say is you're not going to like the title of my parody because it doesn't sound like the title of the song. Usually okay. the title will kind of match the same... It'll rhyme with the thing or have the same syllables. No, no, no. I'm, I'm ready with my cricket chirps. Okay. So my Weird Alon <laughs> parody is called Jeopardy. And I left time to put in the cricket chirps. Perfect. Hey. <laughs> and you know, there already is a song called Jeopardy or my love is not. Jeopardy. There is not. I think it's Greg Kinn. Well, good thing I've never and heard of Weird him Al actually did a song called I Lost on Jeopardy. Yeah, what was that a parody? Or is that just an original Weird Al? No, no, no. That's the parody on the Greg Kim song, Jeopardy. 
Oh, is it? My love's in jeopardy, baby. I lost on jeopardy. It's a parody of this Greg Kinn song. Okay. That's the well, same my- guy that did the breakup song. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you know that one? No, no, no. Oh. He lives in obscurity. Don't like that anymore. Oh, I know that song. Do, 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 Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. That's called the breakup song? Yes. It always sounded like John Mellencamp to me. Yeah, it does sound a little like that. I could see that. Anyway, let's hear Jeopardy. All right. This is Jeopardy. (laughs) I've been waiting all day for 7 p.m. Alex Trebek is going to test my intelligence. I'm going to answer to prove how smart I am. And I must do it in the form of a question. Jeopardy, Jeopardy. I got to beat my dad and yell out the answers at the TV. And I'll be watching until final Jeopardy. The category's history. And my attitude is, boy, I'm screwed this time. The category's history. And I won't say a word because I don't know a thing before 1989. Hey, now. You know, it was really, it was good, really good. I'm a little disappointed when you said the category's history. I thought you were going to maybe rattle off a couple of categories and kind of be in like a we didn't start the fire and, uh, you know, kind of do that. And then when you said history again, I, I was very disappointed. I wanted. Well, in the song, it's category. talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Uh, yeah, I get it. All right. It was all right. <laughs> then, of course, you know, I, I would have used uh, Blossom instead. <laughs> instead of Alex Trebek. But no awesome. Well, that's my MBL. Oh, yeah. No, I'm doing the <laughs> traditional style. I'm, no, I'm doing, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm not doing one of the new hosts. Screw that. <laughs> Blossom. <laughs> I'm still using old references. Hey, Oogie, you should have used that. <laughs> <laughs> Oogie and Bones Boy. I'd say um, one time I was in Florida with my, gra- my grandmother's house and she worshiped Jeopardy. And she always, like, when you said, I'm trying to get it before my dad does, right? That's yeah, you got to call it out yeah. as fast as possible. Right, right. So my grandma did it. So she had a TV in her bedroom and a TV in the living room, and the TV in the bedroom was a little quicker. So I kept <laughs> yelling out the answers, and she kept getting angry because I kept hearing him in the bedroom. And then I come out, I'm like, the answer, uh, here come the judge. You know, <laughs> whatever. I'm doing the, well, the sign one. But uh, I keep yelling, and she was getting so annoyed that I was getting everyone right. And I'm like, the, the river of Thames or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and well, she's like, what, well, that's very good. But you could see she was like, we're getting annoyed that she wasn't getting them. Qu- and I was getting them so quick and I was totally cheating. And I told her later and that she felt much better, but she was really angry. <laughs> it's like how different markets would have it on. Like in New York, it's on at seven in Florida. It's on at seven thirty and Wheel of Fortune's on first. So they flip flop. Oh, I didn't so know you can call your friend in Florida and like, give them all the answers to Jeopardy so they can seem smart to their friends. Well, that's what makes that Groundhog Day movie so funny. <laughs> when he, <laughs> right, just he staring at those people. He doesn't even need, he need to hear the uh, answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is the row? <laughs> Did you ever see there's an old SNL from when Norman McDonald was on? So this is like 95 or 96, where it's like they're like, it's a church trivia show, trivia game show from a church. And they're like, and our reigning champion for 48 days in a row is, uh, you know, Jack McCluskey. And it's Norm and he's smoking cigarettes and everyone else is all real churchy. And the way it works is she'll answer. She'll ask the question and then she'll say uh, the answer was Psalms 13. 
And then she'll say, did you know that to the first guy? And he'll say, no, I didn't. And the next guy, did you know that? No, I didn't. And then she goes to Norm. Did you know that? He's like, yeah, I knew that. And she's like, here's a hundred dollars for you. So it's all because they, it's church. They don't want to lie. He yeah, give a pure honor system. And he just always says, yeah, I knew. That is hilarious. No, now I want to see that immediately. Well, folks, that was sleeping with the wait, television. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We got to start off. Hold on. Well, folks, that was sleeping with the television on. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Would you like us to try to get Uncle Floyd on the show to talk about Oogie and Bones Boy? I don't think that'll be that difficult. Do you remember life before cable TV? Oh, it was awful. Is this a top 10 song for you? And are you as perplexed as we are that this isn't a hit? And do you know anyone named Diane who was born after 1980? I never even thought about that before. Fascinating. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Television on. Oh, sleeping with the television on.